Hey, Naz. Hey, hey. How are you? I'm oh, man. <laughs> Life in the district, man. It's got its ups yeah. and downs, 90 miles an hour, man. You can imagine. How's Ramadan working for you, man? How's everything going? It's going pretty good, you know, hanging in there, That's fighting the good fight. Let's kick things right, off. Ready to go. You know, I got to start here. Mm-hmm. Uh, airing out dirty laundry. <laughs> magic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of kick it off, uh, give you my take. Mm-hmm. I think... To go up against a Lakers PR machine, he had to go on first take and he had to speak his piece mm-hmm. and kind of take the onus off of him and put it onto them mm-hmm. just so he can kind of control the narrative a little bit, I'd say, and yeah. really defend himself because the way he was being perpetrated was that he was lazy, he did nothing, and he did all these questionable moves. And they're kind of holding him to the fire while everyone else in the organization kind of just got to watch him be that sacrificial lamb. Mm-hmm. So I think he had to go on first take and, you know, air out their laundry and put the family business out there so he can save himself, really, and kind of absolve LeBron from a lot of the heat and scrutiny he's taken. Yeah, I, I agree with I agree. I agree with that, except that he could have done it not 30 days later. See, I think letting it permeate all this time allowed everybody to kind of figure out who is Linda Rambis, uh, who, <laughs> who, who is Kurt Rambis. I know he played for him, but like, really, who is he? Because we were left with all these questions. Had Genie and the gang come out afterwards, Magic could have done it the exact same way. But maybe a week later, he comes out and says what it is. They were still looking for a coach. Why does he do it ironically? I mean, maybe coincidentally ironically, but the timing of it is so Laker-ish, is that he comes out on first take the same afternoon that they're doing Frank Vocal introducing him as the new Lakers coach. So, I mean, you could call it coincidence. I don't know. But all. But here's the thing. If you're Magic – you're taking all this heat day after day. We're, we're seeing it in between the Warriors and Houston and, and Bucks games. This is its own game of itself. Why would you let – you could he could have called for that uh, first take at any moment. And I'm sorry, if he's taking a character assassination, he could put a cancel on his speaking engagements. He can re- – there's so many things that he could have done that it didn't have to drag on a month. And the elephant in the room is simply this. LeBron's been brought there to play and to play and to recruit. And right now, unfortunately, he can only do his part, but no one is trusting what the Lakers have. And the Lakers still are stuck in a time warp. By time warp, I'm going to try to guess and think that you're talking about their legacy and their history, and that's what they're banking on right now? Yes and no. That part, too, but also how they've always done business. Because before, I'll be honest, the Pat Rileys and the Phil Jacksons, you take them down Rodeo, it sells itself. You've got the Hollywood Hills. You've got I was in my, I was in L.A. last Memorial Day weekend, so I breezed by all of it. It sells itself. Here's the thing: guys will either want to be artists after their career, they want to be around the industry, they want to be around those things. There's one little invention that happened not that long ago that streamlined all of it, and now you don't have to be there on the ground. Social media. There you go. <laughs> so you don't need to be in L.A to build your Nike brand, you can have a great brand and be in Oklahoma City like a Russ. You can have one of the best-selling jerseys and be in a market where you're doing more than New York. I think that organization has just gone to a point where it's just like it's just a really toxic environment. Well, because they have no direction. They have no And it has nothing to do with LeBron. No. Yeah, literally they have no direction. They, and I think yeah. they made a big mistake when they hired that uh, former agent. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Kobe's influence had everything to do with him getting that job and it wasn't his basketball acumen. You know, that's the that, that's that's the that's the elephant in the room that nobody has yet to talk about is <laughs> Here's the thing. They always say this. 
it's not that you're talking to me bad behind my back that's an issue. It's the fact that who else are you saying it to? And more importantly, why are they so calm and collected and letting you say it? Why are they not correcting you? So when Rob Polinka is going around and saying the things that he's saying about magic, the question you have to ask yourself is Kobe would come and say, why nip that in the bud? Why are we, why is that being allowed? It's being allowed because is there a pursuit for the game of Thrones? Is LeBron trying to be an owner at some point? Is Kobe trying to own the Lakers? I still feel that at the end of the day, Jeannie's over her head. It, it appeared that Jeannie was the better owner when Buss senior died because Jim Buss didn't know what he was doing. But here's the thing. The league changed right around 2010, 2011. Guys were no yeah. longer – I mean, LeBron went back to a Cleveland. That changed the game. Then you have Paul George stay where he's at. You got Damian Lillard said, I want a super max for 191. I'm not leaving Portland. Then you got who else? Westbrook who else? Who resigned, Westbrook Westbrook resigned with OKC. There you go. And I'm telling you, that was the beginning of the tidal wave that said just being purple and gold isn't enough. And here's the other thing no one's talking about. The last time they won was 2010 with an old Kobe Bryant 2009. These guys that are in the league now are getting drafted were maybe early teenagers when they lost when they last saw L.A. win. L.A. was yeah. not a destination in their high school playing years. And if they went into their college years, it was never it was never they're never on TV. They're on Christmas Day, a few games in between. They've been in the toilet. And so yeah. it's not just one thing that's got Jeannie Buss and behind the crosshairs. It's the fact that that social media is in place. It's the fact that you got Kobe really positioning himself. It's the fact that you got guys that no longer have seen the brand, which is L.A. Phil Jackson's long gone. The Pistons dismantled that. So I, I, it, it puts them in this position where they really don't know where to go, and you have to have leadership. And where is it going to come from? Where is it going to come from? You know, you know for me, like, and I kind of joked about this mm-hmm. at the time it was happening, but you know, there's always some elements of truth to every joke. Yeah. I look at it back when Kobe and Shaq were teammates. He went behind Shaq's back mm-hmm. and pushed to get him traded within the organization mm-hmm. so he could take Shaq's spot as the guy. And now Rob, in a sense, went behind Magic's back and he tried to get him out so he could take his spot. So if you want to talk about birds of a feather, I mean, that to me is like a match made in heaven. <laughs> like, well, I, I, I believe that Magic, at the end of the day, never could be basketball operations. Here's what's, here's what's Magic's best role. Magic's role is the best to come in in that loose word that a lot of front office teams use, even college teams use. You know what the word is? Advisor. When, advisor, a, guy, when, okay. a, when a guy works with Big Shoe Company, he comes. why is he part of USC? Oh, he's an advisor. What's he do? He's not. He just has a position that gives him access to the facility, access to the players within the confines of the rule. What Magic needed to be was an L.A. Laker advisor. And what all they had him do was send him to LeBron's house and allows him to go work out with Ben Simmons in the offseason. That's what that's what Magic wants to do. Magic doesn't want to go scout players in other areas. I'm not saying he's going to do the grunt work, but the point being is how he was constrained in some ways is really not what he wanted to do. And, I, and I'm agreeing with this. You don't sit there and say it wasn't fun anymore. Being a, being a general manager or president of operations, it's not fun. You have to make yeah. tough decisions. And R.C. Buford is probably great at this because he's the one that got – I mean, Indiana drafted Kawhi Leonard. They traded him. And he was able to somehow swoop in and take him. Yeah, and you know what? I think I remember that this is a discussion on local media back in Detroit. When Kobe Bryant got drafted, he got traded from Charlotte. Jerry West got him in a trade for Vlade Divac. And, I, and, the, and the question that, the, that they had on the radio was, did Kobe demand a trade and said that he wasn't going to play in Charlotte? They said no. 
Dave Cowens, who was coaching Charlotte, said, we're going to trade you for Vlade and something else because we want to trade you. And that kind of goes back to the whole notion of being a GM, you got to make these tough decisions, and they don't always work out. And the heat you're going to take, you got to be ready for it. It's not fun. Look at what Charlotte could have been had they drafted him. You know, Manu fell so far down. Don't get me going on the whole Darko thing with Detroit. That's another reason why we're at kind of in the conundrum that we're in. So all those things play into why Magic was good for being a recruiter and advisor. See, he needed to be just mm-hmm. the advisor. He needed to be the guy that just sits down and says, look, I'm the consigliere between you and the Don, between you and Michael Corleone. I just want to advise you on what you get when you come to L.A. You get all these things. All these things can be made to you if you come sign with us. But that doesn't require him to, to go to, to Croatia, to, to Greece, to recruit scout players in the EuroLeague. He doesn't have to do any of that. And I think that's where he went wrong. But, again, they're, they're living in the past. They're living in the old labels. Yeah, and my thing is, too, they need to stop running that organization like it's some kind of family business. Yeah, eliminates Dan. Because, it's not that. Yeah, it's not that. This is a professional organization. So you need people who are not too close to the situation to objectively look at what's going on with the team mm-hmm. and make the right decisions. But you have a guy like Kurt Rambis who's proven that he's not a winning coach. I mean, clearly. So no. I, I wouldn't trust him with any basketball decisions. Um, They said Phil Jackson is kind of in her ear a little bit. I mean, this guy has a strange affinity to the triangle offense that doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Linda Rambis. I'm not even going to comment on her because I also don't know what she does. Let's look at it this way. Phil Jackson was an advisor. Here's the sad part. He was an advisor for the New York Knicks. How'd that go? Didn't go over well. He was a president. He Pre- had the yeah. same role that Magic yeah. Johnson had. And look, it, it was a disaster. Was a- but the only thing I'll give that guy credit for, though, was he saw the flaws i think in porzingis yeah he drafted porzingis because he saw his potential but once he saw that this was a kid who couldn't stay healthy and by all accounts seems to be having a lot of off-court issues i don't know if phil jackson was privy to these things or if he saw something in his character that gave him but he gave mellow max money some cause to pause and i think he was told by uh ownership to do that you're right i think that might have been a dolan move that might have been a dolan move you're right i think dolan told him like he's the first superstar we've had come here in like over a decade you throw everything in the everything in the kitchen sink at him to make sure that he stays. Well, then how do you explain him being an advisor to the Detroit Pistons and we see what goes on there with Tom Gorse and that 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 phenopoly of a place, and that's my hometown. And I just here's where it goes. There's only a couple ways that you build you build teams now in the NFL or in the NBA. You build through the draft. What you do is you get free agents and draft. You get guys on rookie contracts, especially in the NFL, where it's cheap. They Seattle did it with Russell Wilson and those guys. They got them on the cheap, and then when oh. those guys came to contract, yeah. then you had to pay them. That's your window of time to do it. Same thing here. Kind of like what the Cowboys are doing now. Yeah, but you can't go to a you can't go to a Molly and ecstasy, ecstasy carnival fest and get caught yelling at your girlfriend <laughs> and arrested when you're the best running back in the league. That's a whole separate cop topic. But <laughs> but but in this instance here, you got you you build through the draft and free agents, and it's now a guard oriented league. You got guys that now that can't play that kind of position. You have to have the guard approach where they're interchangeable. You got stretch fours, and it's going to be an up and down game. You can no longer play that triangle defense, triangle offense. Houston's got to make a decision. They're in a worse ship because I think they're probably – Houston's somewhat worse than L.A. L.A. has dysfunction, but, see, Houston has the kind of dysfunction that even money can't undo. You're locked into Chris Paul with what they got. You got – who else you got? You got um, Paul Harden. Yeah, Harden's under And there's another one, and that ties up so much of your cap space. And if you couldn't get it done now, when are you going to get it done? 
And don't even get me going yeah. on where KD's going to go. Because to be honest, I could see him staying. You know, I'm glad you brought up KD. There's two things I want to discuss. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to start with this. This guy is so damn sensitive, bro. I mean... Okay, Chris Broussard just said that the Warriors are winning without him Mm -hmm. and that this is Katie's biggest nightmare. Now, obviously, we know that's an exaggeration. But at the same time, I get what he was trying to say, that it would invalidate his two championship rings and his finals MVP because it shows that they can win without him. Mm -hmm. And then you have to go on Twitter and you have to respond to this guy. And then Chris Broussard went on uh, Undisputed with uh, Skip and Shannon. Mm -hmm. And he basically discussed that. He said, you know, me and Katie have had discussions and we have this kind of relationship. And then Katie goes and says that everything he says is a lie. It's schizophrenia. It's schizophrenia on, 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 on a real social media level. He's always been very sensitive. And the crazy part is he has never been hit with the pressure and the ridicule that LeBron had. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was the the thing with KD is here's the thing that no one, if you played the game or been around a sports team, here's the part that I'm I'm not seeing. If he was going to have an Achilles surgery, do you think he'd get it done before he inked in contract? No. You want to know why? Guess who probably would tell him even if it's an Achilles rupture, don't get cut yet. Be Marcus Mm -hmm. Cousins. You don't yeah. get cut, and then everybody knows what your surgery is. Now, they're going to do a physical on him. They're going to do all that. But here's the one thing I realized. If he's not playing now, he's not playing in the finals. And I have a feeling that I think he tore his Achilles. You think, I think so? I think he tore it. I think he tore it, and they can sit there and tweak the pictures, but he's not even coming to the game. Calf strain or not, it's been some weeks now. It would put him in a walking boot. He's not even at the home games. Come on. I saw this one clip. They were at the, yeah, it was a home game. He was in the back of the locker room. I think this is when Golden State went up 2 0. Mm-hmm. And then he, he was yelling to Andre Iguodala, like, they don't want to get to the finals. But he was spotted there, like, shaking hands and hugging the players. I, I, let me tell you something. Cabin pressure in a, in a plane, I can understand. But they wheeled Dwayne Wade out that one year when he hurt his shoulder. Remember how bad it was? They brought all the way to the court. They could put in a nice, glorious limousine from Silicon Valley a floating. Uh, uh, hoverboard from Back to the Future for KD, <laughs> and they could hoverboard him all the way to the to the bench, and he could sit down on those nice benches. I mean, the heated seats and all that kind of stuff. Why is he not at home games in a boot? Because if he strained it, it's been it's been almost what about three weeks since he strained it. Um, couple of weeks, yeah. Couple couple of weeks. Well, I'll be honest. In yeah. a couple of weeks time, with a strain, it might be sore. He, yeah, he can't play on it. But he could be in a walking boot and maybe with some crutches and get to the bench to cheer his team. They're playing in the fi- in the Western Conference Finals now. The finals. If he's not on the bench at home, you already know that the injury is worse than what it is. And they di- and they lie, and you know they lie about injuries. Because first of all, they're not going to tell the opponent he's got a, a ruptured Achilles because they know how to game plan. That's one. Number two, his agent's going to tell them, "Do not discuss my." players health because we're in a contract year right yeah believe me if he has a achilles rupture a lot of people that were willing to go in and and sell the house like new york i'm gonna give you whatever you want i'm gonna give you everything i'll trade all these players on my roster to get you kind of thing and a sign and trade that's gonna change everything because he may not be available until like middle to the end of next year so you're paying him super max dollars for a season that you may not get out of him and you don't even know what you're going to get out of him because the injuries derail careers. Look at Kobe, but this is one of those injuries where you're never quite the same again. Watch those home game, game, games three and four. If he's not in Golden State on the sidelines, something's wrong.
I get what you're saying, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But the way I'm seeing it from the history of Golden State and what they've done, even last season, mm-hmm. the way they sneak and rest is usually to tell these say that this guy has an injury. And they're very vague with the details, but it's just enough to get them rested, right? The difference here is we so, witnessed the injury, though. We did witness the injury, but could it be that maybe he was kind of selling it a little bit? No, because you're not resting your best player in a game series that's been four points, six points or less. That's absurd. That's, that's, that's true. Be, that's beyond conspiracy and espionage. That's beyond it. <laughs> you would never do that. Steve Kerr would never – Steve, in a, in, a, in a series that's been six points or less, he wants Kevin Durant playing. There's no rest to be had. Uh, maybe cut yeah. his minutes but not take him out of the games. We just didn't think they could still win, but that goes to show you how horrible Houston is. I'll be honest. If L.A. Clippers had the gift that Houston got, I think the Clippers beat them. I think the Clippers would have had enough to beat them. I think they do. I think they do. Yeah, because – yeah, actually, I went to their game, mm-hmm. and I got to admit, like, the Clippers just didn't have enough talent to go around, but they had the physicality needed mm-hmm. to give them a problem. They were very, they're a very gritty team. Mm-hmm. How much comeback wins did they have in that series? They just – if they had a fraction of the talent that the uh, Rockets mm-hmm. had, then it probably – we'd have a better series than what we got. Oh, yeah. I, 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 believe, I believe that wholeheartedly. Uh, I believe that wholeheartedly we would have got a better series. And that's why I believe that this – no one's talking. See, no one's talking about the injury. To be honest with you, all that we would talk about is Katie's injury if we didn't have the whole Lakers saga go down. Because to be honest, we'd be talking about where is he going to go. But more importantly, so what's the injury? If it was a calf strain, would he be out there? Why is he not out there? All eyes would be on him. The best thing to Kevin Durant is this Lakers fiasco, because it's keeping all the attention off of his free agency and right on that. Where's Kyrie going to go? Who knows? To him, the world's flat, so he can get from point A to point B relatively quickly. That's his mindset. I mean, so it, it, we don't know where these guys are going to go. Um, I still say that if it's, you know, the Clippers, I think, are just there to escalate, to be all of a sudden challengers to, 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 to Golden State. Beyond, Golden State has not played the team that has the management and the coach Mm-hmm. that Golden State has. You got Jerry West over there for Golden yeah. State. You got Steve Kerr coaching. Doc Rivers cancels out Steve Kerr. And then you got Balmer, who is willing to still listen to, 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 uh, to cutting-edge basketball minds and run the operation. That's why I think they're, they're a better destination than New York. All that New York does is gives yeah. you a clearer pathway to the finals because I don't trust Toronto. I don't, uh, no offense, I don't trust Toronto. I don't trust, I don't trust <laughs> Kyle Lowry. And I think too much is put – and, and too much is put on, 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 on Leonard, and he's starting to wear all those. Yeah, I agree. I think you've been uh, listening to the podcast. This is what I've been Yo, saying. Oh, you've been saying to the podcast. Yeah. I've been saying this for the Do whole you know year, why? that their game plan. Can you answer one question? Do you know why the injury with, with Kawhi in San Antonio, what was really behind the whole story? Like, what really went on? Do you know what the, the shorthand version of what happened at all? To my knowledge, is he had a lingering quad okay. injury, and the Spurs said that they don't see anything wrong. He's good to play. Hmm. But then players within the Spurs organization, such as Tony mm-hmm. Parker, kind of called him out to the media and said that I've had this exact same quad injury, and I was able to come back. So it kind of painted painted the picture as though Kawhi was exaggerating or even flat out lying about it. Hmm. And then they had a they had a players only meeting. And in that players-only meeting, essentially, they're pressuring him to come back and play. So I think Kawhi and his uncle, who I think is part of his management staff, they didn't like what was going on within the organization. They felt that he was being forced to play. You can kind of look at it two ways. Was it that maybe he quit on the team outright? 
Or could it be that he was actually dealing with something and he didn't want to risk losing out on max dollars by coming back prematurely? Here's the thing. They've always handled injuries very well at San Antonio. I agree. If you ask me, this became the product of you, you're going to have to talk. You know what? Here's the thing about superstars. They always want to be who they are. That's fine and all, but yeah. when you get to be that point, you have to – the best guys were the guys that realized that, that finally got it. They can't be entirely who they are because if they're always who they always are, they're going to keep getting what they always got. LeBron figured it out when he went to yeah. Miami that he couldn't keep being the way he was. Kobe figured out when Shaq left he couldn't keep being the way he was. Well, Kawhi, you got to say more than three words in, in, in a month, yeah. and especially the management. Yeah, and yeah. I, I agree because even after he won the 2014 NBA Finals, it was the most dull interview I've ever seen. Like, he had no emotion, right? No, he's got the personality of a moth, but an IQ of a basketball savant. We know this. <laughs> but and, and that's the thing. So, And I think that sometimes that pressure, like Tim Duncan is retiring. So now you're the guy that has to kind of be the face of the franchise. Mm-hmm. I think well, that kind of made him uncomfortable. He has no bit. excuse. You want to know why? Because Kawhi might have only – Kawhi might have said three words – Tim Duncan maybe would say five, yeah. okay? Kawhi Leonard was not taking over a franchise that was being cornerstoned by Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett doesn't shut up. Kevin Garnett's always talking, got a loud mouth, talking junk. It never ends, right? That's a big shoe to fill, right? Yeah. He had the easiest inroad to the guy for 20 years <laughs> who would say, how, how do you play? Oh, we play fine. I mean, the guy had the guy had no dress, uh, a sense of fashion. Not that you needed one, but he didn't have one. And he and he was a man of so many few words. And he played for this. And his wife used to and, cut his hair, but that's on a side note. And that's a side note. note. And and that the sad part is, there's no excuse for him saying that was too big a shoe to fill because the guy that played, actually, to be honest with you. I would say Ka- Kawhi's got more talent because Kawhi plays more of an agile game. The game has changed. I mean, one's a one's a seven foot center, the other one's more like a six eight kind of guard. So I, I can't really say they're the same. But the, uh, Tim Duncan's game doesn't really thrive in today's NBA. But you're talking about a guy who had the same personality traits that you do, and he had. I think Tim Duncan had more injuries. Kawhi had this one quad. How many injuries did Tim Duncan have? Matter of fact, this whole fashionable thing about resting players. You know who started it? Popovich. Yeah, the Spurs, and people and, and and Pop is sitting there scratching his head, like you know how much heat he took from 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 Stern and Silver early on about this. Now everybody does it. And the thing is, and the thing is too, like if there's ever a player who was tailor made for an organization, it was that yeah, one. because they would they would excuse him from like having to talk to the media too much. They would. He, I think they would shelter him away from the media. To be honest, for the coach that says the least amount in any press conference and pop. Exactly. I mean, the the hand. If you're a guy who says I'm not a social person, you're playing for the best franchise. This they speak. They speak every other language but English. You know, they they'll speak. <laughs> they'll speak every language under the sun instead of English. I mean, they'll, they'll speak Amharic before they speak English. This is, and they're and they're very proficient yes. organizations. So. They could build a winner around him in no time. I mean, look how much talent they've built and that they've developed you, within that organization. I've never met, I've never heard or seen his uncle, but you know what this strikes me up just to kind of bring it to, to current day? When they talk about, well, you have to go through the uncle, the uncle, the uncle. This reminds me so much of when we watch in Ballers and you see Den, Denzel Washington Jr. And in, in the story, his, yeah. his father, who's come back into his life, is kind of running his operation and giving him all the counsel. 
And you're thinking like, dude, you've yeah. been out of the game for how long? And I paid as a kid in peewee leagues. And now you're trying to, now you're trying to be my counselor and advisor. There's that word again, advisor as an adult in a professional yeah. league. <laughs> and I feel like he's got the same thing. The difference here is in the, in the show, Denzel Washington Jr. is a loud mouth and will talk back and bites back to his, his, his father. Kawhi is such a nonchalant, casual, docile kind of guy that even when his his uncle is probably saying things that are out of bounds about what Kawhi needs and whatnot, Kawhi don't rock the boat. He doesn't. Great basketball player, but I don't think he you can sell you can sell sneakers that way. Kawhi's not like, a sneaker guy. I don't at... see him being the sneaker guy. Sneaker guys have to advertise. I mean, I want to know the age of the uncle because I think that age of the uncle is remembering of the days of where Mike Jordan just took on a commercial with Spike Lee. Spike Lee did all the talking. Jordan dunked the ball, grabbed his hips, would look at the camera, smile, Nike swoosh. Boom. I mean, that's what yeah. – and, and he's thinking, well, Jordan got that kind of money. Well, now with social media, we can get all that. People aren't jumping for joy. For, I'm going to tell you right now, in Toronto, you tell me if I'm wrong. You could you got more people trying to clown over the OVO sneakers that Drake is wearing before they're trying to get the Kawhi sneakers. Come on. I, I would Drake agree. is his own side show. I'm surprised the ref had said, hey, look, you're infringing on the game. You know, you can give a technical to a fan that's going over the top, just don't know which side of the team you'd you'd give it to. But he is part management, so you would know that it'd be going to Toronto. But they would never assess the technical foul, not on him, unless he interfered with the game. Yeah. You know what Drake is? Drake t- Drake right now is all that Spike Lee was in the 90s. Here's the difference. Drake yeah. is all friends with these guys, so it's never really bad. Spike Lee got Reggie Miller to put the two hands around the throat choke sign, grab his <laughs> genitalia at him, talked about his wife, and they remember the game. Everybody kept saying, shut up, Spike, shut up. And he said, remember in that uh, 30 for 30, he said he regrets egging him on because it set Reggie off. And he looks back on it and says yeah. one of the reasons why they lost that series to Indiana and they could have gone far was because Spike ran his mouth so much that Reggie went off. Remember? I mean, that, yeah. except that Drake is not that – they're all friends off the court. It's a different NBA. But, yeah, he is today's he yeah. is today's modern-day Spike Lee, except he's with a franchise that's never won because Toronto was so new of a franchise they've never won. And um, yeah. I'll be honest, the guy I feel bad for, Vince Carter, man. Put him on the bench with, 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 with Toronto. Let him, let him go out in the sunset with that because he caught so much heat for graduating in 01 on a game seven game that he was still five hours early to. And nowadays you got guys that'll be like, I, I, I can't go. My baby mama's sick and she posting stuff on the gram and I can't be there, dude. You know, <laughs> um, it's a different NBA and they still have a great product that's out there. It's just, they need more balance in some of these teams. Now here's the million dollar question I'll leave you with. Where does AD go? He ain't going to the Lakers. Uh, Anthony, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on this the year. Knicks. Yeah. Because the Knicks have what the third pick, so Who goes I mean, three? I mean, it's gonna come down to between R.J. Barrett and that John Morant kid. I think would the Knicks use that third pick as a way to get Anthony Davis to come over to New York? I think so because let's just say the Knicks can sign. Well, what's KD the draft and then they after three? What's the, what's the draft after three? I think this is this is probably one of the. This is really just a three-man race, and we all know Zion is going mm-hmm. first. It's just gonna it's, it's gonna come down to John Morant and, and R.J. Mm. Barrett. I don't know how, but the Pelicans have struck gold this year. <laughs> they have that first pick, so we already know, okay, they're going to go for Zion. But then if they really – I don't think Anthony Davis wants to stay there anymore. Like, I think that bridge – Yeah, I mean, he's made he's made it clear. I was, um, I guess I, what I don't know is they're not going to send him to the Lakers as they are because they need assets, and they're not going to 
they have to trade him by the deadline or else they risk getting nothing. So to trade him now doesn't maybe make sense. Well, I guess you could say is if it waits to the deadline, then they're kind of between a rock and a hard place because now teams know what it is. And they say, well, this is all I'm going to give you because if you don't take them now at midseason, I'm going to get them for nothing. You're going to get nothing for them when I get them in the summer. Um, but I believe there's something set up to where he can't be traded until I think there's a particular um, time window that he could actually be dealt into. And um, I think it's not until I say, oh, I think I know what it is. AD can't be traded until after the draft because it's like until like July or something. So you can So the thing, the whole point is, you want to maybe trade down or trade up to see what you can get. But the problem is, you do that now, but you don't know whether you can flip that to him then because he can't be moved just yet. So you'll make all you yeah. you'll trade down right to get assets, but then you don't know if he's going to be able to be moved or not. So you are you for, are you forsaking your high draft position? for something you don't have information on just quite yet. I think that's what it was. I guess like what they could do is they can always do their diligence and see who is it that New Orleans would want at the third with the third mm-hmm. pick, draft that player and then arrange a trade where basically I mean the only thing that's going to be tough is making the salaries mm-hmm. match, but it's something that could be done. It would probably have the Knicks would probably have to gut their roster, but that's nothing new to them. <laughs> they did it before. Yeah. And then if they can get Kevin Durant to come over, then they're going to have to rebuild now, like maybe find a playmaker, a point guard to pair with those two guys. And then you're going to have to build a bench. So I don't see how good they would like. So I don't see the Knicks really doing much their first year. After that first year, then who knows what kind of teams they'll be. And, and that's the thing. And then uh, who, who's uh, – oh, you got Fizdale coaching them. So at least they got the coach part down. It, it, it's such a crapshoot because it's New York. And they've bad, piss-poor management. And I'll be honest, even if you get KD, it's not enough. It's because no, it's, it's not going it's not, to move the needle. And it's not because the East is hard. Is that because the way it's set up, you don't know where Kawhi's going to go. But let's say he stays in Toronto. KD with shooters is not enough to beat Toronto. It damn sure isn't enough to beat no. Milwaukee. And then you got, uh, depending on where Kyrie goes, but even still, um, who else is – I mean, if Philly is healthy and maybe adds a little something – they could be something where they can't – Katie is not enough to beat – and I'm telling you right now, as sensitive as this guy is, he's going to get eaten alive in New York. They was booing – they booed Embiid, who never gave them any sort of standard or expectation that they could win the ship. Imagine if you come in as a guy who's won rings and is probably the best player in yeah. the league right now, or if anything, he's still the second best player, and you're not getting it done. Oh, you, Okay, this whole notion about his – his leg injury, let's say it's the Knicks. You know what they're going to say? The Knicks have never been to the finals. If it's a calf strain, why is he not on the bench? If it's a calf strain, why is he not out there with the team? If it's a rupture, fine. The yeah. fans and the media would push for them to say, what is eating at Durant? And the way it's the same, he yeah. handles it so much better. I mean, LeBron tries to control the narrative, but here's the thing. LeBron's figured out the way to do it. K- KD would just go on a Twitter fingers. Just turn into Twitter fingers. And then, and even too, like, I remember, like, when Carmelo Anthony was on the downside mm-hmm. with the Knicks, when things were kind of unraveling, where, like, when he had a knee injury, he, would, he wouldn't sit at the bench with the players. Like, he would just sit amongst the fans in mm-hmm. the stands, right? Or he would sit in the back. And the media called him out. They said, why aren't you sitting with the team? I mean, he came up with a pretty white lie. I mean, he said that, you know, he doesn't want to risk a player diving into his knee and, co- and causing the knee to re-injure. <laughs> this time here, everybody's injured, and those so, injuries can happen at any given moment. I mean, look at what happened to Gordon Hayward but, in the first day. 
But I really don't get why KD and even a guy like Kyrie to a lesser degree who's known to be sensitive with the media. I don't get how you guys could think going to the media capital of the NBA is a good decision. It's a good it's a good decision if you have if you know, see, Wade knew he had they had Bosch. They had I think they had Bosch first and then they brought in James. And when James knew Bosch was there, he was going. And I, I probably should have sent this to you, but there's a there's a there's a, a snippet about they had with UD, United Giannis Haslam, about what they had yeah. said, and they I think had said something about how Bosch when Bosch came on board they say I think we can get LeBron, and he said that both Wade and Bosch was like we're willing to take less, and he was like, you know I was in a contract year I was looking to get paid and I saw Wade saying how he was going to take a little bit less and Bosch said he was going to take a little less, so I said okay let's do this. And they and they and, no, excuse me. I think what they said was um, James said he was going to take less, and Bosch said he was going to take you less to keep UD because UD was in a contract year, and he was blown away. Like these yeah. guys were already you know perennial guys, and this was maybe his max contract. You know, UD was saying I'm at the height of it right here. This is probably the best contract I'm going to get. Every contract and maybe two more contracts out of this are going to be less. He said these guys came in before they even were on the team and said we want him here. We'll take less. You know, and so. That shows you how yeah. you can make it work. But you got to remember, it's Nikki Harrison, it's Pat Riley, then it's Alonzo Mourning, and then it's Spolstra. And even when they bumped heads, there was order there. You don't have any order in New York. None. And that's no. why. I've, that's the least stable and, franchise. And it, well, Lakers are taking the cake right now. Yeah. But, but, but they've been. But they, yeah, it's a, it's a two but horse New York race. has been the longstanding. This has just been as of late with Jeannie Buss the last four or five, four or five years. But we're going back to the, 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 the shot that Allen Houston hit bouncing on the rim. They've never been the same since. They've never been the same since 2000. They've just never really been the same. So that in itself is where, and again, with now, I'm going to tell you something. If you thought media in New York in the 90s was rough, imagine now when it went 24 hours. And instead of having reputable, as you know how this how it works, you just, you're just, these are sports anchors and journalists that are in the profession, that are in the locker rooms, that are at the press conferences. They may ask stupid questions, but they're there as part of a profession. Now you got mm-hmm. pimple face Jimmy in, 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 in Georgia <laughs> who's hitting you up on social media, ranting all on you, and or former players or other players or dudes that you knocked out of the playoffs the round before. Yo, man, Kevin Durant looking a little weak, man. I don't know if it's that leg, man, but you know. You know, our home, our, our, our player played with no no legs, and he scored 25, you know, <laughs> eyeball, yeah. eyeball emoji. That, and Yeah, that revisionist history. Well, that. It, it, well, the point being is that you have now a level of steroid-filled media that's not even professional yeah, that you still have to adhere to. So, I mean, you get Cardi B taking pictures and on Snapchat in, 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 during the game, and ironically, you've been following Cardi B before you became a player on that team. And you see it. So there's an adjustment going on, and you're seeing some teams are adjusting, like Milwaukee, maybe even Toronto. Do you think Kawhi stays? <laughs> I think he's more likely to go than stay, to be honest. And, and, and why do you think that? And if so, where? I just don't think he wants to be here, to be honest. I, I, like, I think like he's having fun. like He's winning basketball. He's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. But I really think he's going to take a good long look around that locker room mm-hmm. and see what he's being asked to do. I don't think he's going to enjoy doing it, and he would rather play with another guy. So could I see him, you know, perhaps make the move to the Clippers and then have, like, a guy like KD play alongside him? That's a strong possibility. 
So I would say right now he would probably go to the Clippers. He'd probably go to the Clippers. Yeah, that that yeah. That, that would make some sense in that regard. Um, I could easily see, uh, I could easily see that being the uh, the go to um, in that instance. I mean, I'd say Clippers are the favorite, but would I be surprised if he went to the Lakers? I mean, I don't know. People are saying. I mean, what, I'm, like what Magic said that the Lakers were targeting Kawhi and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if he has any like inside knowledge on that that they've they feel that they have somewhat of a chance. But I honestly think Los Angeles would be his destination as opposed LA to LA Clippers. Here. And I'm just going LA Clippers. Like I think Clippers are the mm-hmm. favorite, but I wouldn't also be surprised if the Lakers are on the table for him. Just because of what Magic said on first take that him and Kyrie mm-hmm. were targets. So I don't know if he has like some inside information that there was some interest that was expressed and they'll get a meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, what about you? What do you think? Do you think he uh, stays? Or I think leaves? it depends on how far they go. If they get to the finals, I think he could stay. If he, if they get beat, I say that he could leave and he took you to someplace you couldn't go. Um, but I think the way he would leave is if – here's the thing with Kawhi. He would leave definitely if you couldn't get anybody else. If Kyrie decides to sign in New York, and KD decides to go to the Clippers, he's going to the Clippers. If KD decides to stay in Golden State, no one's talking about this, I think that he leaves. Because he doesn't express what he likes, doesn't like, or who he is, it's hard to gauge it, and that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, he's like the least person that's, you know, KD, we can kind of figure out, but it really, I think it all goes back to what happened in 2014. It was, the stock market crashed. All deals came to a halt because the, the entire NBA world turned to look at LeBron and say, where are you planning to go? And remember they said all the deals came racing on in once LeBron decided he was going to Cleveland because then now you knew what you could do with Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. Now you know you could do with Wiggins. It just – everything fell into place. So the same thing's going to yeah. happen, and KD is going to hijack the free agency of 2019. And you're going to see guys like Kawhi and Kyrie hold off on where they're going to go. Now, obviously they would know, I think, in real time when when – when KD announces, but until KD announces, um, they're not going to make a decision. I don't think that Kyrie goes until he knows where KD's going to go. And I think Kawhi's not going to go until yeah. they know where that's going to go because what they're going to say is, I'll come to New York. Is KD coming? New York's going to have to say, well, we don't know yet. They're going to be like, well, you find out or you tell him to call me and tell me what he decides to do. Yeah. And then if he comes to New York, I'll come. So everything hinges back on what the most schizophrenic player in the league can do, emotionally schizophrenic can do and it's him yeah and the thing with Kawhi too when he was on the Spurs he was basically the one go-to guy for mm-hmm. that team right mm-hmm. so I don't know if you recall before that injury where Pachulia where, before, where Pachuli, you know purposely stuck his leg under him while he mm-hmm. was shooting he was essentially doing a lot of damage like he was carrying the team in that game and would probably have to do it throughout the series mm-hmm. so I think yeah part of Kawhi said you know what I'm going to force my way out of here because I don't want to have to keep carrying this team now, because he's in the Eastern Conference, he can get away with it and at least take him to the finals. I think he's talented enough mm-hmm. to do that. But if he gets to the finals through the effort, through hard work, through blood, sweat, and tears, only to come up short against Golden State, I really think he's going to evaluate that locker room and say, I can't win with these guys, so why do I want to run it back with them? Because even the Raptors Well, that goes back you know, to what I said. That's why, that's why I said they have to be able to bring in somebody else. If they do, it entices yeah. him to stay. If he was under contract and they brought and they didn't bring nobody else back and said, run it back, I say that's a problem because they don't have enough to beat them. You know, you could see that even Milwaukee's yeah. giving them fits. 
So uh, it, this all comes yeah. back to if if not so much can Toronto get somebody else, it's he'll run it back. Is if KD doesn't go somewhere that he wants to go, and that's the part exactly. we don't. And here's the good news. I could see the that. The good news is this. KD is on the couch hurt watching the game. You know what he has time for? It's not to focus on the game plan or who he's going to guard. It's actually he can now actually give a lot of preemptive thought to where he's going to go. Where most guys, you know what they say, I'm going to wait till the season's over. I'm going to evaluate my options. Guys, I'm not going to talk contract. I'm going to be here for my teammates and be here for the season, and I'm going to see and then evaluate where I'm going to go. Well, guess what? He don't have to worry about shooting the ball no more right now. He can actually sit there and think about what he's going to do. So to be honest with you, he might act like he doesn't know, but maybe by the time this finals where it ends up, he may already know where he wants to go because now he's had nothing but time to think about where he wants to go. That's the that's the only blessing with this injury that it has because because it takes away what you all what you occupy your mind and time with and your focus on. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to worry about yeah. follow through and stretching and all that because he's on a regiment of probably a very strict regiment for that leg, and you have nothing but you have yeah. to fill your mind with other things and an injury besides watching your team. And hell, he's not even coming down to the to the arena, so he's not even doing that. He's sitting at home. On his phone, taking pictures, but then also probably discussing all the ins and outs of where to go. So unlike LeBron, LeBron would have to play till mid-June, recuperate, win or lose, and then turn around and have to make a contract decision. To be honest with you, the one time where LeBron signs a one-year and then usually has that opt-out like he did two or three times in Mm -hmm. Cleveland, I don't know why the heck he didn't do that now. But then I realized if you're LeBron and you signed a one-year and you had that pulled groin – and you come back and say, I want to sign another two-year deal, but I want max dollars, you don't think Genie and them would say, let me holler at you about this injury, bro. Um, we we, yeah. we, we going to give yeah. you about tw- – overall, <laughs> we're going to give you about $10, 15000000 less because we think right now you might be starting to taper, and here's what our doctors say. So I think he knew, not when, is that if he had an injury, they were always going to hold it against him, and then every one or two contracts, if it's just one-year contract, so in a four-year deal, he'd have maybe two contracts versus one, that he knew that – each one of those deals might come under some scrutiny. So he assured himself, because you got to remember, he took a pay cut to go to Miami. I think he took a pay cut the yeah. first go around to Cleveland. The second go around, he got paid. And he said he, got, he, got, he kept getting tired of getting underpaid. So you notice now he's doing what CP3 is doing, bleeding in out of his prime or coming out of his prime the money he should have gotten because he focused on winning in his prime so that he could optimize winning but keeping the guys that he had. The same way Dwayne Wade went to Chicago the first time. He wanted max dollars, and Pat was like, you're too hurt. I can't do it. I can't pay you max dollars. But you notice when he came back to Miami for the farewell tour, he wasn't getting paid max dollars. It's because at this – yeah, because he, he already made his big contract from Chicago. But he wasn't getting it from Miami because yeah. Miami said what? We love you, Wade. Matter of fact, they loved him more than they loved James because he was Wade County. But even Pat Riley said with Mickey Harrison and Spolstra, business is business. You see what I mean? And yeah. and LeBron saw that in Miami. That's why you saw LeBron got a real giddy Magic Johnson at 12 a.m. to give him a four-year deal. And then when you saw all this happen, you don't think Jeannie Buss would say, I would love it if he had a one-year re- renegotiation and we can really talk about parting ways yeah. or we could talk about maybe trading him or we could talk about just, hey, we know you're going to sign the deal. We're going to re-sign with you. But here's our – we just want to reaffirm what our expectations are. And so you have to hear it out. Now you don't have to listen to Jeannie. 
Who do I pick up the phone and listen to when you call from Lakers management? I mean, the only person I could see him really entertaining is Jeannie, and that's just because she signs the checks and she's the owner. I think I think it. because he's she's been in it longer, and that's what it is. I don't think he trusts Rob. I don't think he trusts Rob Polinka. I think the word is already on him at so. all. Kurt Rambis, get out of here. He thinks that he's probably just old and washed yeah. over. And Linda Rambis, oh my <laughs> God, I think Savannah would choke her through the phone. So I mean, at this point, at yeah. this point in time, I think it's Jeannie and nobody else. But the problem here is Jeannie, Jeannie is too schizophrenic because she wants to be nice to everybody. She doesn't want to tell her her yeah. Rodale brunch girlfriend to go kick rocks with no socks. She doesn't want to tell Kurt Rambis, "You're old and over the hill. Go retire in the rocking chair." She's she's still. You know, she's still DMing Phil, hey, you up at 2 a.m. in the morning to have a conversation <laughs> about what's going on, what's popping. And all the while, LeBron's sitting there saying, you're wasting the, the, the tail end of my prime. You saw them waste the tail end of Kobe's grip. Problem here is Jeannie, Jeannie Buss did not do what Pat Riley and Mickey Arison did to Dwayne Wade. And that is, we love you. You have been our franchise, but we have to do what's best for the future of this franchise. And Dwayne... We cannot give you a max deal. Kobe, we, they already said it, that the reason why they found themselves in the doldrums coming in is because of the max deal they gave Kobe. Yeah, it's still affecting them to this day, which is why I say Kobe has actually done yeah, like, these yeah. past six years. I think he's a huge factor Absolute. in why they are the way they are. You give them, you take a bad contract and then you ask them to hire a guy who has <laughs> no basketball Let me tell you, experience. Jordan sucks as a GM. Isaiah Thomas, I love him, sucked as a GM on two fronts, Indiana and sucked in Toronto. There you go. The, the list goes on. These guys, as and these are some of the most – look at them. Jordan, Isaiah, and Kobe, the most three most vicious players outside of Dennis Rodman, okay? The most vicious guys. They don't make good coaches, and they do not make good GMs because they come at it from, a play, from their aspect of how they play. The, yeah. Jerry West, the logo, right? He wasn't finesseful, and he damn sure wasn't like that super competitor. He was just crafty. Great GM. R.C. Butte. Kupchak wasn't the most glamorous player ever. These guys didn't have, weren't known for their tenacity and personality. I'm saying those are the guys that excel in those roles because they themselves don't have that ego. I say that Jenny may have not sell the team, but it's, get, it's getting to that point. It's getting to that point where she may want to just go ahead sell the team because she's not really in position to to really to really to really to really make any sort of impact because of you know where they're at it's just it's just not who they are it's nowhere near who they are they've never been that they they know nothing of that they don't know how to operate in that kind of scope that is totally opposite of who they are and it'll never be any different than that until they can that's the thing but they're, they're they're stuck in a bind they got players they can't move they got tension that they can't seem to overcome. They don't have a good draft spot. They can't seem to wing a free agent there. The only thing that I think can make it all go away with the snap of a finger, and this, and we already know it's not an option or no one's considering it, is if KD goes there. That, that changes, changes everything. everything. I mean, and, and that's the only thing with KD is that KD can end up picking a team. We thought all this long it's either Gold State or New York, and he comes back and says, I'm going to go to L.A. And the only way he, the only way he goes to L.A. is because LeBron does it. It's not because of Palenka. It's not because Linda Rambis. Yeah has the most finesseful skills with today's modern NBA superstars. It's because LeBron said, look, man, this is what it is, but it's all about what's the first domino to fall. And DraftNet's going to tell us a lot because we'll see where AD ends up. Because I think I, if you ask me this, yeah. where AD ends up paves the way for where I think KD makes a decision. I think KD is waiting to see where AD ends up. Because if you're AD and you go to LA, I don't know what the kind of money they could have, but could LA even compete to get the Clippers, I mean, Lakers 
Could they even sign Durant under that? They have enough for two more players. Uh, but they'd be inheriting a contract. They wouldn't be getting a new contract with AD. That's the thing, yeah. So AD's contract, because they gave him, what, that mm-hmm. max deal? Mm-hmm. That would kind of hinder them, I think. I think the Lakers need to kind of pause on the Anthony Davis mm-hmm. thing for now. You know, try to hit a home run on getting a free agent to come. You know, one free agent wouldn't that wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me is Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Like I the LA think, Lakers? Yeah, Stephen A I went out there and shot it down, but then the can box. you trust it? Can you trust what Stephen A says? He has a pretty spotty track record when it comes to this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But the way I'm looking at it is I think Kyrie, he got a dose of reality that carrying, like being the franchise player and the leader is not all that it's shaping mm-hmm. up to be. I think many people in the Celtics organization, I think they're pretty, from the players to the personnel, I think they're pretty tired of walking on eggshells with this guy because he's very moody. He kind of keeps to himself. He does his own thing and he's hard to read. Mm-hmm. And I think the only person who balanced his personality out well was LeBron because LeBron let him do his thing. Mm. So I could see Kyrie looking in the mirror and saying, I am not that guy. And I had the most, most of my success in my career came from playing with LeBron. I just think they both need to put their egos and their pride aside, sit down man to man and say, I can do this better. It's kind of like a Ross and Rachel type of situation. Mm. (laughs) They realize that... (laughs) We're better off together than we are apart. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? Who did that really best was LeBron and I hate this miserable human being, Dan Gilbert. Yeah. We're better <laughs> off together than we are apart until I can't stand yourself and I'm going to kick you to the curb or you've you've played your hand. I mean, Dan Gilbert played it in his own demise. I mean, the, the Comic Sans uh, font letters that he wrote to LeBron is still one that he couldn't. That's the one thing that he probably wishes he could undo. Because because I think at the end of the day, LeBron never forgot. LeBron just said, I'm doing this for the land. I got the ring. I got the one chip. I'll forever live in Cleveland lore. You can kick rocks. I'm out. And that's what it was. So... So on the last episode that I did, I I thought that I said that the Raptors were gonna win in seven games. Mm-hmm. So who do you think comes out of this series, Whoever. Bucks or Raptors? I think Toronto can win the series. The only reason why I had the Raptors uh, winning winning the series in seven is because they have the more experienced team. Yeah, so they have like more experienced players that kind of okay, we've been here, we've done that, so we kind so we know what's going mm-hmm. on, right? So I think that they would have a better idea of how to close out a series as a pro, as opposed to the Bucks, who are still a relatively young mm-hmm. team. So that's the only reason why I gave the Raptors the edge. I think we could predict who might win the series. I think Toronto can win in six in a tight one. It might be controversial. And I'll leave it to you on that. It's always fun. It's always fun having you. Appreciate you having me on, man.